So my first car that I bought was an MG Midget, which was the such a fun car to drive. I loved it, but it would break down quite a bit, and I'd have to spend the money to repair it. And after about a year of doing that, it got costly. So I went looking for a car, and I drove a, a Pinto, a Vega, and a Capri. And I ended up buying the 1972 Capri because it was the sturdiest, nicest car. It was such a fun car. It was a pretty brown color. And I loved driving it. Um, And I actually became the first owner of it. It was brand new and had 50 miles on it, I believe. And then... After I had a baby several years later, we sold that car to someone. And a couple years after that, I ended up buying that car back. Hello, and welcome to the very first interview for the Auto Owner Story Podcast. Hello, my name is Dave Eastman, and I want to welcome you to this introductory podcast episode. And my guest today is going to be my sister, Gail Hughes, who's going to be telling stories uh, about her early recollections and memories and activities with her first vehicle. Gail did a great job. She has a lot of fond memories of uh, early driving years, and and she remembered the vehicles, a lot of details about the vehicles, uh, which made it fun, and uh, a lot of memories that I had, you know, lost and forgotten. So it's fun to get back to those thoughts with her and go through them. Um, and again, that's part of what, you know, we're hoping for with this podcast is that not only can the listeners enjoy the stories, but but it's, as Gail would acknowledge, it's it's really a lot of fun to be able to think back as the storyteller and think about those memories and how fond they were and enjoy them again as you go through retelling the story. So, she did a great job. If you know Gail, you'll you'll really be able to relate to it with uh, our family. And if you don't, if you're just someone who's who's uh, come across the podcast and and looking for a good story, then this is it. And sit back and relax. You'll really enjoy it. And uh, again, I just thank Gail so much for spending this time. And and I look forward to getting feedback from all of you as to what you think. So stay tuned. Here it comes. So here we are uh, doing our first recording for the Auto Owner Story podcast. I'm with my sister, Gail Hughes, and she's going to tell us some of her early stories about uh, cars and and driving and experiences and that type of thing. So, Gail, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So to start, um, you drove your first vehicle, and uh, you can tell that story, but uh, um, basically it wasn't your first one that you had bought. So why don't you go ahead and start with that? Well, when I was 17, I got my license, and my brother Dave, you, were in uh, Vietnam and had a Camaro. I believe believe it was a 68 Uh Camaro. Yep. And I drove that to school and, and on errands and stuff. And I wanted to, at, at 18, I wanted to move out of the house. 
And my stepdad said, I absolutely was not going to be allowed to take that car with me. So I had to buy a new car. So my first car that I bought was an MG Midget, which was the such a fun car to drive. I loved it, but it would break down quite a bit and I'd have to spend the money to repair it. And after about a year of doing that, it got costly. So I went looking for a car and I drove a, a Pinto, a Vega, and a Capri. And I ended up buying the 1972 Capri because it was the sturdiest, nicest car. It was such a fun car. It was a pretty brown color. And I loved driving it. Um, And I actually became the first owner of it. It was brand new and had 50 miles on it, I believe. And then... After I had a baby several years later, we sold that car to someone. And a couple years after that, I ended up buying that car back. It was such a, my favorite car that I, the guy was going to sell it. And I had given him a discount of $200 when he bought it from me. So he wasn't happy when I was the one buying it. And he had to now give me the $200 discount. But I drove it. For several years after that, after I bought it, so I was first and third owner, and then I sold it to my sister-in-law after that. So it was really a fun car to drive. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that car, that Capri. It was a great car. It uh, it was really nice looking. It was kind of a like a a root beer brown or something, wasn't it? Kind of a... Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And it seems like it It was, a, and I think... Go ahead. I think the interior was a light brown, if I believe, if yeah. I remember correctly. That's what I was And it was sporty. It was solid. It was... Um, I didn't have a lot of maintenance issues with it. Um, it was just a wonderful car um, to have. And, and uh, we owned it when we drove from... California, when we moved from California to Idaho, we still owned it and drove up here with my daughter and I in that car. Hmm, I forgot about that. I I came up here to Idaho with you from Southern California, from Ventura area when we when we moved and uh, actually Oakview yep. is where we were living. But um, yeah, I didn't remember that you actually drove that up here then. And then. Yep, I did. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin, you, Kevin drove a 59 Ford pickup. And I drove the 1972 Capri, <laughs> and that was in 1978. Okay. All right. What so, what month was that? I don't even remember what month that was. Uh, we moved here Labor Day weekend of 1978. Okay. Oh, good. You have such a good memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on some things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so let's go back to the MG a little bit. Uh, so you you had quite a bit of work. Uh, that it required. I don't remember that, of course, maybe I wasn't around at that time, but uh, where were you taking it to get it worked on? You were, you were here. You actually worked at, um, was it Weber and Cooper? Is that the name of the dealership? And that is actually, that is actually the dealership I bought the Capri from. Yeah. Um, But you worked in the service department there uh, for at least part of that time that I owned it. Um, when, 
the one time, the biggest time that I remember it broke down, I don't know exactly what was wrong with it, but I remember that I was in an intersection and all the car was running, but all of a sudden it wouldn't drive. If I put it in gear, it wouldn't go anywhere. I forget what broke, but something major broke. And so um, the only thing that I could do is somebody pushed me out of the intersection. And I believe you came and helped me get it towed or taken to the dealership, Weber and Cooper, to get it fixed. Mm, yeah, so I did, I did get it fixed, but it was shortly after that, I think, that I... Um, traded it in. But prior to that, I I don't remember exactly what happened, but I just remember that I had to take it into the shop a lot and get it, um, get things fixed on it. And so, you know, it would be a little bit here, a little bit there. Well, I was a single girl living in an apartment on my, well, I had a roommate, but I was, I didn't have a ton of money. I had a decent job, but it wasn't a lot of money. So I just didn't feel like I wanted to keep paying money on repairs. When I found out that I could buy a 1972 Capri brand new for $72 a month, it was a much better investment as far as I was concerned. <laughs> yeah, and a much more reliable vehicle. <laughs> yes, but my MG, I have to say, when I first got it, I used to... Um, enjoy driving it so much I would put the top down in Ventura which the weather was really nice and behind Ventura High School in the foothills were many windy roads up there and I used to go up there and enjoy driving those windy roads and going up to the cross which was also up on a hill and it was just fun to drive because it cornered really well it was you know uh, easy to drive, low to the ground, and it was just a really cute. It was black and it had red interior, and it was just a really fun car to drive. So I hated getting rid of it for that reason, but then to get the new Capri was fun to be able yeah. to do that too. So yeah, yeah. So going back, uh, you bring up a really interesting point. Uh, my first job as a mechanic full-time job, first job as a mechanic, was at Weber and Cooper. So they were a Lincoln Mercury dealer there in, in Ventura. And then they also yes. had the British car line. So they had the MG Triumph Jaguar um, Correct. Uh, model of cars. And so, yeah, I worked in the import side. I forgot that exact uh, incident that you're mentioning there. Um, yeah. That I actually, that you, that that happened, but uh but anyway, yeah, so that brings back good memories and, and, and good uh, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. recollections of, of that, that era. So, um, so Yeah, and, and going back further to when I drove your car, the Camaro, I mm -hmm. was just learning how obviously wasn't driving that long and wasn't really proficient on um, a stick shift. Mm-hmm. So when I was driving to school, I would drive our sister, our stepsister, Linda, we would drive to high school in that, in that um, Camaro. And I remember going through Casita Springs and going around a curve and the car started lurching because <laughs> I wasn't giving it enough gas or something. And the only way I could fix it was push in the clutch and then try and get going again. And 
we were laughing hysterically because <laughs> we were lurching down the road. <laughs> so so that was kind of a funny memory of driving it. Yeah. So Casita Springs is probably what, 25 or 30 mile, five miles per hour through the town. And you were probably in fourth yes. gear. <laughs> I probably was. <laughs> uh, and it just started lurching. And as we went around that corner, we were laughing so hard I could hardly correct it. But anyway, I finally got, I finally got it going again and we went on to school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. But it was it was a fun, it was a really fun car to drive. I, so thank you very much for letting yeah, me drive that yeah. while you were gone. Well, you know, and one of the things about this podcast is about memories and fun memories and experiences mm -hmm. with cars, but also remembering the cars we wish we still had. And that is definitely the car that I wish I still had. Nope. Yes, it was a wonderful car. And, you know, I also have a memory of you coming back from Vietnam and you and I went for a drive in Ventura. It was the first time that you'd driven the car again after you'd been gone for a year. And you and I went for a drive in Ventura. And I remember we were at a um, a red light, a red left turn arrow. And the light turned green for the people to go straight. And some guy behind you that was also going to turn left, saw that green light turn and honked at you thinking you should go, but your light was actually red, but you actually drove through it because he honked at you and it kind of, it kind of shook you up mm -hmm. and you drove through that red light. And I was like, Dave, no, <laughs> it was too late. We were already through the intersection. Ah. <laughs> but it was fun because you had just gotten back from Vietnam and we were going for a ride in Ventura. So that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I another memory I totally forgot, but uh, that's great. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So, so it was fun. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. So so then back to the Capri. Then so you had uh, lots of fun times. I I seem to recall you liked to drive, go on rides. I loved loved to drive, and so if I came home from work and I didn't have anything to do. I'd eat dinner and then I'd get in my car and I'd turn up my music and I would go for rides. And sometimes I would go, cause I lived in East Ventura part of that time. I would drive to Santa Paula and I would go up through Santa Paula to um, up into the mountains and go into Ojai mm -hmm. and then Oakview and back to Ventura and then come home. And I would do that after work and I would just love it. Or I would go, you know, just drive through town or I would drive up. Sometimes I would drive up to Santa Barbara or different places all the time. But I absolutely loved to go for rides and just play my music. And that car, that Capri was dependable. And so I was able to do that. In the MG, I don't know if I would have done quite so much. Yeah. But in the Capri, I could depend on it. And so... And sometimes I would go to, on weekends, I would go to San Marcos Pass and I would go up to Solvang and, and, mm. you know, to Santa Barbara and shop and stuff like that. I just, I just loved it. And I still, to this day, love to go for rides. Yeah. I, it, it doesn't matter where I go. I just love to go for car rides. And yeah. I love road trips. Road trips are my favorite as well. Yeah, yeah. So just to put that perspective into perspective a little bit, uh, from East Ventura, driving up to Santa Paula, going up into the mountains and dropping down into Ojai, 
and then back through Oakview, which is where we lived as kids, and then back mm-hmm. into Ventura. I'm thinking that trip was probably an hour and a half, two hours. Am I thinking correctly? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lisa, I think so, right? because yeah. I wanted it to take up my whole evening because I didn't have anything else to do. So I didn't want to yeah. sit in my apartment by myself. So, yeah, I'm sure it was an hour and a half, two hours. And it yeah. was just fun. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It's a happy <laughs> memory for me, yeah. even though I was by myself. It didn't matter. Yeah. I just enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's a yeah. good story. And then Santa Barbara was probably a half hour away, one direction. Um, and uh, I think it was about 45 minutes, 45 actually. 45 minutes, okay, up the coast mm-hmm. from Ventura. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then if you yep. went into Solvang and that type of thing, you're, you're, you're doing a, a three-hour-plus trip, probably, if not more. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. it was that long. And I would just go up there and I'd wander around a little bit, maybe have a bite to eat or something, and then just drive back. And yeah, I loved, I love, I just, like I said, I loved rides, but I also loved being by the coast. So I loved the Santa Barbara, um, Rincon area, Rincon between Ventura, Santa Barbara, um, and then going into Ventura. I just, I just loved it. And Santa Barbara is one of my favorite towns, at least in my memories of it because it had lots of quaint little shops. So I would drive up there and park my car and then I'd walk through the little quaint shops. And I found shops that were back in little corners that I didn't even know were there. And so it was just fun to, to do all that. Yeah. Yeah. So So any other thoughts about the Capri, anything that comes to mind that, uh, um, I remember, <laughs> I remember that I used to love hamburgers at J&M Drive-In, which was on, I think, Thompson. I can't, I don't remember my streets very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe it was Main Street. I'm not sure. Anyway, I remember that I used to love their hamburgers and I would go there all the time and I would have the same thing, hamburger, fries, and a Coke. And I would sit in my Capri and I would, um just enjoy my meal and stuff. Well, the guy that owned that place got to know me really, really well. And so two stories that I have about being at that place in my Capri. One time that man, um, when I came to order, he asked me why I had pulled up a a week before and not come in to get my, he said he actually put my hamburger on when he saw my car drive up Hmm. and he, but then I left and he didn't know why I did that. Well, it wasn't me. It was another girl that looked just like me that drove a Capri the same year as mine. Oh, be darn. We discovered that later after we uh-huh. talked quite a bit. It was uh-huh. not me. It was uh-huh. somebody else. And I never met that lady, but she lived in Ventura and drove the same car. Wow. And then another story that I have is when I was sitting there eating my hamburger one time and my French fries, I was watching this guy paint the peacock carpet building that was across the street he was painting the outside of the building and he was climbing up and down the ladder and he didn't have his shirt on and I was admiring how good looking he was and several years later I found out after I met my husband that it was him ah (laughs) so my husband Kevin was painting that building several years before I met him Mm-hmm. And then when we were having a conversation about those situations, the, the drive-in I loved and Peacock Carpet that he worked for, 
we discovered that he was the one I was admiring. <laughs> cool. What a great story. <laughs> Sitting there in your Capri at the hamburger Sitting stand. in my Capri and Kevin just yelled at me over my shoulder that he was a victim. <laughs> he was a what? <laughs> A victim. A victim. Because <laughs> I, I caught him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that's great. So that was that was that was a fun story when we realized it. It's like, oh my goodness. But yeah, I was in my Capri. I would just go there all the time and just sit and relax and enjoy my hamburger. So Yeah. yeah. Um and and it's you know, the Capri, it was just like I said, it was super dependable. It was fun to drive. It was sporty enough. Um, that I could still go up in the foothills and drive those curvy roads and enjoy the enjoy that and yeah. and yet I could take people with me in it because it did have a back seat where the MG had a back seat but it wasn't much of a back seat so yeah um yeah but anyway it was it was uh yeah. it was a wonderful car I really I really did enjoy driving it and it lasted for a really long time. Yeah. So how was the experience uh, getting it worked on? Did you take it back to the dealer for oil changes and things? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I did because and and partly because you were working there. So yeah, I was I could trust them. I felt like I could trust them because I could trust you. And um and so yeah, I would go there and and uh get the oil changed and different things and because I was trained by our stepdad to make sure that you always got your car, your oil changed and got it lubed and, you know, you needed to take care of it if, if it was going to last. So I made sure that I, whenever it needed service or whatever, that I would take it there and, um, and get that done. So, so yeah, yeah, I do believe that because we took good care of it. And then once I married Kevin, he took care of it. And, and, um, so I think that's why it, it lasted as long as it did. Um, in the interim between me being the first owner and the third owner, the guy that, that bought it used to drive every day to Santa Barbara for his job. Mm. So he put a lot of miles on it. Um, but they were all freeway miles. So when I got it back, it had a lot of miles on it. I don't remember how much, but he put quite a few in just a couple year period of time. I want to say 40,000 miles or so. Mm. Um, but it's still, when we bought it back, it still ran really well. And, you know, we took care of it. And then um, my sister-in-law, Lisa, drove it for several years while they were in California. And mm-hmm. so yeah. it, uh, it it really was a a quality. I felt like it was a quality car. And comparing it to the Pinto and the Vega, those yeah. two cars seemed tinny when you closed the doors and things like that. They just didn't seem like the quality car that the Capri was, which is why I bought the Capri. Yeah. It just seemed more sturdy to me and a better investment. So, yeah. And I think just, I think it was, yeah, just to qualify that a little bit, I believe the Capri was actually made in Germany or maybe parts of it made in Germany and then imported if I remember right. Correct. Parts of it were, yeah, it was a, it was, you, uh, was it Lincoln? Lincoln Ford, Lincoln Mercury. Is that what it was? Lincoln yeah. Mercury. Lincoln, it was Mercury. Lincoln Mercury, but yes, I believe the engine was from Germany. I think. Yeah, and I don't but remember yes, for you're sure. Right. But it was. It may have been even some of the body might have been from them too. But uh, anyway, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. It, it's funny you it mentioned. Was, you you mentioned the Vega. My my first uh, actually. 
my working at Weber and Cooper as a mechanic, that was my first job as a mechanic, but my first job in a dealership was at a Chevrolet dealership in Oxnard, California as a service advisor. And I remember one oh, day I remember it was, that. yeah. And I remember one day a guy came driving his Vega into the service drive and he got out of the car and he stood up and he was all nervous and kind of shaking and said, this car just about got me killed. And I, and I, well, so I, so I kind of listened to him a little, tried to calm him down. And I said, well, he said, it just doesn't have any power. I couldn't hardly get out of someone's way, you know, and I almost got run over. <laughs> And, so, and that's true. It didn't have much. Yeah. But the interesting thing was, so I asked him, I said, so did you drive the car before you bought it? And he said, no, but I rode with the salesman who drove it. <laughs> that was, oh, that's my what goodness. He did. Now, so he had never actually wow. driven the thing before he bought it to, to, to experience the lack of power that the little Vega had. So anyway. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd ever do that. But <laughs> yeah, really, I, yeah, I actually surprising. drove it, and 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 you're right; it didn't have much power, and it was just yeah. was tinny when you closed the doors and stuff like that. So yeah, very much. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. So. Uh, oh, this has been great, Gail. Thanks so much. You're, you're bringing back memories that uh, of our childhood. <laughs> fun. Uh, those memories centering, centering around cars and, and particular cars you've had and enjoyed. And, and uh, so it's really been great. And that's really what I'm wanting to do with this podcast is connect with other people that have great stories like this to tell about uh, their experiences with cars. So yeah, it is fun. One other thing I want to add, uh, kind of in light of that, if people are listening to this that are dads, part of the reason that that I was conscious of maintenance of my car and all that kind of stuff, our stepdad insisted that every Saturday, at least for me, that I had to wash my car and take care of it or I wasn't going to be allowed to drive it because it was so important to him to take care of it. But at the same time, he instilled in me, like I said earlier, that you need to get the oil changed on a regular basis. You need to do the maintenance to your car on a regular basis or it's not going to last. So, and then my brother, Dave, you, uh, working at a service station and having your own, um, your old pickup that you had and going through some of your, you know, your, your Camaro and your, um, Corvette, uh, Corvair that you had yeah, and me watching, me watching you, um, maintain those and work to make them look better and stuff that all instilled that in me so that it's a priority. It's not just, Oh, you just drive it into the ground and then get a new one. So for parents that would be listening to this, really instill that in your kids that as they grow up and have these vehicles, they spend hard money on them or their parents do and whichever the case may be, but maintaining them and taking care of them, you can enjoy them longer and they're going to get you from point A to point B like they're supposed to, where if you don't take care of them, then that's not going to happen and you're going to end up on the side of the road somewhere hoping that somebody will help you. (laughs) So I just say that because that really from a young age, you know, I mean, from teenage years that instilled that into me. And so I still feel like I take good care of my vehicles today because I know it's important. Yeah. Oh, great. That's really great. I really appreciate you mentioning that because that's perfect. Um, 
you know, in, in regard to a message, a helpful tip that you're giving mm-hmm. to not only uh, teenagers, but, but to their parents also as they try to help their kids. And, you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned maintenance and many repair shops, they push maintenance on people pretty hard and that type of thing. But the reality is that maintenance will actually save you money. And, and mm-hmm. that's so important. And when you get into, you know, one of the best examples, I think, of course, the engine oil change is one, but probably something that's more susceptible to maintenance is, are these automatic transmissions. And if mm. people don't get that fluid changed in these automatic transmissions, the fluid's really susceptible to heat and, and that type of thing. And so, and when you look at it, you know, the price of a transmission rebuild or replacement can be thousands of dollars. And so just being willing to spend that $100, $150 for a transmission service when it needs to be done can really uh, save a lot of money. And, and that just as yeah. an, an illustration of the value of maintenance that you're talking about. Yeah, it really can. And of course, the the primary thing you want to make sure you have a reputable shop, someone you can trust, um, that when they tell you that it's time, then you can say, okay, I believe you and I trust you and I'm going to get it done. But yes, right. I agree. You, you, you have to spend the money sometimes, even though none of us want to, but yeah. um, it is important. So yeah. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for mentioning that. And uh, I, yeah. I, I might mention also that uh, I actually recorded a story about my first vehicle, which is um, my Ford truck. Uh, I actually initially did it on another, my other website, the Auto Shop Connection website. But uh, um, and, but then I've, I've recorded an introduction to this podcast uh, and and uh, uh, told some stories about you know mom and 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 some experiences that I've had with early vehicles of my own. So so anyway, mm-hmm. so. So that's out there too. So, you know, I'd be interested for you to listen to that. I, I don't have it quite up yet. This is just getting started here, but, uh, and then I'll, uh-huh. I'll put that up too. And you can listen to that. You might find it entertaining a few of the stories. So, yeah, it would be. Yeah. It's fun to remember those things. So, yeah. And, and you had mentioned too that Kevin has a good story and I'm sure he does. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting <laughs> <does>. with him. <laughs> and uh, he does. He had a, a Hillman Husky. And so he would, he can tell that story, but it, um, yeah, he has, in fact, he has lots of car stories probably, but yes, he would be fun to interview. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So, uh, thank you, Gail, so much for doing this and spending the time and, and sure. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode and we hope that uh, you've enjoyed it and please go to the bottom of the page and add some comments for us about uh, what you thought, uh, things we could do, improve, any ideas for future interviews. And uh, we do hope that you will contact me and and you can do that by emailing me at dave at autoshopconnection.com and we can hook up and do a little discussion and see if we can get an interview going for you. So again, thank you so much. <laughs>